Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. If you're just tuning into the podcast, welcome. So glad all of you are here today. It's not every day we get to sit down with a life coach, certified Enneagram coach, someone who has a background in family and marriage therapy, has served our country well, and also is serving us up goodness today. I know you will be encouraged and inspired today by expert and friend of mine, Tammy. So without further ado, listen in. Tammy, so great to have you on. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you, Annika, for having me. I'm so excited to do this and meet with you today. This episode I'm so excited about. I think so much of the work that you do is like so life-giving to so many people, and I'm excited just to learn from you and to be able to just share some of your wisdom with our listeners today. So for those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do to kind of lay the foundation for our our topic today. Absolutely. Uh, My name is Tammy. I am an Air Force veteran. I'm an Air Force brat, and I'm also an Air Force widow. And I have two kids. I have a 11-year-old and a 13-year-old now. They just both had birthdays, so I've hit the teenage years. And I'm a single parent. And I, and what I do is I'm a restoration and confidence coach. I have a background in marriage family therapy, but I really found that I really wanted to help women move past their fears, get out of the grief cycle, get out of all these hardships that we, that we go through as adults, as kids, as in just as humans. I really believe that there's hope and opportunity in all of our stories and that I don't think there's nothing wasted there. We don't go through things just for ourselves, but we go through it to help others through it as well. And so that's kind of what I do is I use my experience. Um, I have a very unique upbringing. I've lived all over the world. I've moved every three years means that change and loss and making things up as I go along is kind of been my life. And so I just like to take, hope and and take the struggles that people go through and help them see the light in it. First of all, you're incredible. Your story is so powerful and I think Thank it you. is beautiful to see what you have done with um just so many hardships and the life that you have just breathed into others through your story. And I know that you say, you know, you work a lot with those who are like broken spirited. And I think we've all got maybe a misconstrued idea on what broken spirited is. And I think we all go through seasons of broken spiritedness and probably don't even know that, that we're broken. And it's not that we're broken, but we're broken spirited. And rather than trying to fix ourselves, I think it's trying to just mend and, and keep going. So I'd love for you just to shed a little bit of light on how you kind of got to just broken spirited. And what does that, what does that mean? How do we know when we're broken spirited? So that is a good question. And as I was trying to figure out, like, figure out what I do and who I work with. And, you know, in the business world, you you're supposed to niche down and you're supposed to really understand. And so that's when I started doing a lot of searching to see like, who, who do I, who does my message message speak to? Who can I help? And who is it that kind of God brings to me to help? 
And so I, I first started with like, you know, grieving people, you know, widows, being a widow is hard. I became a widow at age 32. And at that time, my, my kids turned two and four. And it was not something that, I mean, like not something that we saw coming. My husband was in the Air Force. He was a fighter pilot. And we we had an amazing life together. Perfect? No. We fought. We argued. We, you know, we had a normal relationship, but it was really good because we we had our dreams together. We we grew up together. Basically, we dated in high school. And so we grew into adults together. And so part of my identity was also wrapped up in our relationship. As you know, most marriages, that's kind of when two become one and your dreams centered on each other. We like to say that we're independently dependent on each other. So we were we were both independent, but very much a part of each other's worlds. And when I got the news, when I got that knock on the door that my husband had died, I felt that my world collapsed. I felt that in one moment, I lost my present, I lost my future, I lost my dreams, I lost my best friend, I lost my, you know, the father to my my kids. And through my journey of rebuilding myself to reclaiming the life and res- restoring my spirit, that's when I realized that it was my spirit that was broken. It was that all the things that go with your spirit, the, you know, the body, mind, soul connection, and the spirit of who I was. And so that's one reason why I chose that word, because so many people feel broken in different ways. And whether it's a loss of a, a child, loss of a spouse, a divorce, a loss of a dream, a loss of a job, you know, you have all these things, even when you, you enter into motherhood and you you lose yourself in motherhood as something that you looked forward to. And then all of sudden you're blindsided by the fact that it's you're broken you don't you've lost who you are and and then i realized it's the broken spirit that really needed mending you don't need to change who you are i don't i don't believe that you really i mean you can i don't i don't believe we need to change who we are i think god made us specially you know individually and on purpose but what we need to do is we need to step into our identity, step into the gifts that he gave us. And we do that by looking at our spirit and how he created us and and what we're supposed to do with what we've been through. And so by taking that broken spirit, whatever it may be, and the best part is you get to define what your broken spirit is. But for me, it's loss of identity, loss of con- confidence. Um, you lose yourself in whatever area you are and you are trying to get your way out you're trying to figure out who you are again and what your purpose is and so that's in the long long roundabout way that is what (laughs) i i think broken spirited is it's just when you lose your way you kind of you get off track and whether it was an external circumstance or an internal circumstance it's still we all go through those times where it's like okay how do we get back to center? How do we claim our identity again? Gosh, I just, I love your story. And I, I feel like I get tears in my eyes and a smile on my face all at the same time. It's, it's just, it's so incredible. And, and I think what 
you know, what you're saying so much is it's like, we've got this light inside of us that just needs to be relit. We didn't even realize Absolutely. it was out. And it's, it's things that, you know, I think so often we think it's these huge, big things in life, but I think, you know, you mentioned the word motherhood and I feel like that's such a great example, or even just a dream. It's like, we all experience loss in different ways and we don't even realize it, but it, it blows this light inside of us out. And we're not meant to be living with a light that's out inside of us. We have this yeah. light to shine and our job is to be a vessel for it and, and open the doors around us to let the light shine into people's lives. And so I think that the work that you do is, is just incredible. I know that one of the things you talk about is that I, I love, I really just resonate with is just that things don't happen to you. There are things that you grow through. Absolutely. So can you share a little bit more about that and yeah. So that's one of the stances that I took early on is you had, you can either play the victim. You can dwell on the fact that things happen to you and you can sit in that and then you can get stuck in that cycle of, well, I, it's out of my control. This is just things that happen. Or you can choose to be the hero in your story. You can choose to look at what you're going through and realize that nobody's immune to suffering. No one's immune to hardship. But those people that you admire, those people that you look up to are the ones who went, they took the hardship they were going through and then they grew through it. And then they became a beacon of hope. They became a, well, they became someone that you can aspire to be and, and taking qualities and taking things. And so, one of the things early on I decided, I was like, no, I was like, I remember. And I remember sitting on the floor because after I heard the news of my husband and I can remember the small voice being like, this is going to be hard. This is going to be really hard, which is an understatement, by the way. It's really hard, but you're not going to be ruined through this. You're, this is not the end. You're going to get through this. And and that I'm here with you. And I knew that that was just the voice of God, the voice of all of the inner work that I have done prior to say, no, like this is a trial. Yes, this is a wilderness that I'm gonna be walking through, but it's not the end. There's still breath in my lungs. There's still hope in my story. There's opportunity. And again, like I mentioned, like I don't think opportunity, I don't think things are wasted. And so going through and deciding that, no, this is not, where I'm going to stop, that I'm going to take this, I'm going to rise above it. I'm going to, to grow through it and really reclaim and who I am. And I'm going to allow the hardship to change me, but not in a way that is negative, but in a way that really helps others and, and helps myself as well. I love that. Just, this is not where I'm going to stop. No, there's still breath in, in your lungs. There's still breath in my lungs. And I think we can all use that reminder that whatever season you're going through, wherever you are in life, this is not where you're going to stop. You still have breath in your lungs. There is life to live. And I always say, it's not about having a life. It's about feeling alive and exactly just letting this be where, where you start where you start from, from where you are rather than where the story ends, but where the, the story continues or where it begins. Right. Gosh, that's, that's so good. What do you find in your coaching holds people back the most? Like, where do you feel like people hit this wall in life? 
So I think the biggest thing is fear. And I think fear is the greatest wall because we get stuck in this comfortable fear. We get stuck because it's easier to just wish than it is to actually do the things it takes to get to where you want to be. And so, and it also by moving out of fear, then you have accountability and you have to force mm. yourself to do things that you've never done before. And so our brains want to keep us in this fear. And I say comfortable fear, even though we don't like it, we still know what to expect. And so we can sit in it for years and not grow because, well, our brains can't really tell the difference between a real fear, real life-threatening fear, and just the fear of the unknown. But I mean, even when you fail, that failure is not detrimental. Like it's it's going to hurt. It's going to be hard, but it's not going to end your life. Like it's not going to be so strong that it's like okay, you know, it just ruins you. But our brains cannot tell the difference between that, and so we and many times like right now the term is like reptilian or the um, lizard brain because it's so simple and it's like oh that's bad i'm not going to do it and but really is it like is it really bad to go and talk to the person that you need to talk to or to get the job that you know you need to get or to decide that the way you're living is not enough for you and you want to reclaim your identity and you want to reclaim your your broken spirit and you want to you want restoration but even that because you don't know what to do that fear is like no let's maybe tomorrow we'll just sit right here and so many times i feel and i see that fear is the number one thing that holds people back I can totally agree with that. I have struggled with fear <laughs> Me too. and anxiety my entire life. And in different stages, yeah. you know, fear masks itself a little bit different. Sometimes it's mm -hmm. fear of failure, fear of um, discomfort, fear of speaking up and you know, that maybe ending whatever that is, a job or a promotion opportunity or just different right. things or just fear of, I think when you become a parent, I think you have new kinds of fears. If I do this, mm -hmm. I have a fear of the impact of those things. It is, it's, it's pretty powerful. And I, I feel like we give fear more power than it should. And I have never heard the term comfortable fear, but when you said that it clicked with me, that, that is true. I think we live in this comfort zone and we don't realize mm -hmm. that we've invited fear to stay there <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. very comfortable. And so we're just going to stay living in fear. So for people like right. me, and I think a lot of other people that don't want to admit that there is fear and anxiety holding them back, what are some like practical ways or just very simple tips that you share with people to help them at least start to navigate that complexity of the emotion? So the first is I have people write down what's going on. Like, what are your thoughts? What are the things that you have in your mind? Because a lot of times when you look at it and you read it, it uses a different part of your brain than when you're trying to remember it. So I have them write down, like, what do you want? What is going on in your brain right now? And not to be judgmental about it, like write down whatever you're thinking, because sometimes it's shocking. It's like, oh, is that all? 
because you have like one or two things that are swimming around and, and changing the form or changing words. So it looks like a lot, but or it sounds in your head like a lot, but it's really not. And then the other way that I've really found to identify the fears and really hit those head on is through the Enneagram. And so I know I've mentioned before that um, I am a certified Enneagram coach. And the path to get to that is just because when I was introduced to the Enneagram and I avoided it for a while because I was like, oh, whatever. Um, but when I started looking into it and looking at the fears that I held and realizing that it's it was spot on. And by looking at what my fears are, by understanding what place they had in my heart and in my head, then I was able to start re responding to the fears instead of reacting. So I was able to preemptively look at, okay, this is why I'm feeling this. So now I can make a choice to do something different because I know it's just a fear holding me back and not actually something that is rational. And so through the Enneagram and studying what fears are, then I can slowly start to change my mind, change my mindset about them and realize that now if there's a fear that I'm experiencing, I will write it down. I will look at it and be like, okay, what are the truths and what are the lies about it? And then I get to choose my next action. And I found that it's so much easier. The more I really dive into what my fears are and what fears specifically I'm holding, then now I can have that freedom and that space to make a different choice. And it's not so hard. It's such a like, good practical way to you say, get it out of your head and actually look at these, these yes. versus lies and really dive into being curious about your fears Yes, rather yes. than being judgmental, but like see them for what they really are mm -hmm. and, and, and be curious and be open-minded towards that. What about like yes. that whole just, yeah, like let's just talk about judgment for a second. Cause I think we, we write down our fears and we think, gosh, this is a, this is embarrassing that this is my fear. Like you said, right. we think that it has manifested itself in different ways in our mind and it's reproduced in our brain, but it really is this yes. really small thing. And when we see that on in writing, where we actually verbalize that, whether that's in coaching or therapy or with our spouse or whoever that might be, what about like judgment? I think that we are all so so dang hard on ourselves. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh like yes. Just embarrassed or you're ashamed or you feel just, just so hard on ourselves about these things that we are actually struggling with, but they're realities. Oh my goodness. So we could talk about judgment for hours. This is something that I work with a lot because as moms, we want to do the best we can. We want to be that fun mom who, you know, bakes cookies and, or buys cookies, you know, no judgment. <laughs> either way, um, no judgment. <laughs> or either way, you want to be, you want to have those birthday parties that the kids will remember forever. But we also try to do so much. And when you are broken spirited, one thing that I let people know and give them the space to recognize that building yourself up is actually one of the hardest things you have to do. Mm -hmm. It is easy to externally fix things and help other people, but we are so hard on ourselves because we expect ourselves to be further along. But why? 
Like you are where you are for a reason. And one of the things that you've got to do is recognize your fears or recognize your feelings and don't try to just brush them off. You have, you're having feelings for a reason. And so when we are judgmental to our own feelings, we're denying our, our minds time to process what's going on. So think of your feelings as a thermometer. You don't have to stay with them, but identify, be like, okay, instead of your being judgmental, just change into curiosity and that simple brain switch well it activates a different part of your brain and then now you can deal with what you're dealing with like you can be curious like okay instead of i'm feeling really angry why i should not be angry at my kids well why shouldn't i because they just drew on sharpie all over the wall so i'm angry <laughs> and i lashed out which was not right of course but there's Sharpie on the wall and it's black Sharpie on a white wall. It's not going to come out easy. So instead of being like, oh, and then, you know, yes, you, you yelled at the kids, you feel guilty about it. Step back and ask, okay, so what about this? Am I upset about like one is, well, I hid the Sharpies and they found them. So like, that's one of them. Two is I've also told them three is this is now something else on my plate that I have to take care of. Like I have to that's fix true. the Sharpie on the, you know, there's, there's more things about that. But when you start to process and ask yourself why you're angry, instead of being like, I just shouldn't be so angry about this. And now I've got to do this. And it just allows you that space to, you have the right to be angry about that. So it's okay. Now, do you have the right to lash out? No. But now that you've processed it and you have looked at it, you can apologize to your kids for lashing out and then explain to them why you got angry. But then it also gives yourself, okay, this next time, because the kids are going to do something else again, how do I want to be the next time something happens? And then you can start to build that muscle of stopping your emotion before it gets elevated and then just realizing you can't like they're gonna they're humans they have free will you cannot control free will on in somebody else and so just that brain switch gives you that freedom and that space to look at it a different way the other part is when you're trying to heal and you are so hard on yourself like you're not going to be able to heal until you acknowledge that you have those feelings that you are sad. Well, why are you sad? Well, I thought that by the time that my kids were this age, you know, I, for using my example is I was not expecting to be a single mom. I was not expecting that age, you know, 13 and 11 to be doing this on my own. I did not expect to do this on my own at two and four, but, and it makes me sad that my husband's not here to, to do it. Now, if I tell myself that I need to just get over it and be the, you know, embrace the single momhood, it's been almost nine years and this is my life. Well, how is that going to help me? But recognizing I'm sad, I get mad, but also looking at how far I've come, it gives you that space to look at the positives as well. Um, one of the practical tips I tell my clients is when you start to judge yourself, think of your best friend. If your best friend was saying the same things to herself that you were saying to yourself, or if she was saying it out loud to you about herself, what would you do? You would correct her 
and tell her, no, you are doing an amazing job. You're doing the best you can. Yes, we mess up, but you would not allow her to just continue to berate herself on all the things that she's done wrong. And so why do we treat our best friends better than we treat ourselves? Why are we harder on ourselves than we are to other people? Yeah, I think that's so good. I mean, we don't watch a lot of movies. We really don't watch a lot of TV in our house, but we watched that movie Inside Out with the kids a few weeks ago. So and good. I feel like it spoke more to us than it did to the kids. But the whole premise behind it is like all of these emotions like makes us who we are. And we shouldn't say, oh, I need to get over it. I, I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be mad. But rather like those are part of who we are. And we should be thankful for these human emotions to be able to process things. And it was just this really good reminder because I do think you're right. It's like we have this judgment of I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't feel that way. I need to get over it. I need to move on. And it's like, no, you need to process. Like, why? That. Like, yeah. Why should you not be feeling the way you're feeling? You're completely invalidating what you're feeling. And that does not help. It does not help you move forward. But if you ask yourself why, and then how, okay, if I don't want to feel this, how do I want to feel? And then just work towards moving in, in that direction. But it's so much gentler and it's, it's just so much, there's so much more growth in that because by being so hard on ourselves, it just keeps us stuck. Yeah. It's so true. And also just like identifying with that. It's like, I don't want to be the angry mom. I don't mm -hmm. want to be the, the bitter pill in the room. And it's like, we right. identify ourselves with these things, but it's, it's process them. And that's not who we are. Mm -mm. That's just something we're feeling and it's right. natural to feel those ways, but it's like, how do we use that to grow? Like you said, to become better the next time we're presented with whatever similar situation, different situation. And how yeah. can I respond rather than, than react? Because I do think we are, we are driven by a lot of emotion and we are. Yeah. That's, that's so good. So I guess, you know, there's so many different types of coaching. I think for people, there's, you know, this personal coaching and business coaching and life coaching. And when do you feel like is the right time for people to reach out to a coach? So truthfully, like I think every time, like when I was introduced to coaching and really started digging into what coaching is, I'm like, everyone needs a coach everyone like it is it's such a good relationship because it is it's unique in that um it helps push forward so i have a background in marriage family therapy um, but last year i completely left that to just embrace coaching mm -hmm. and because that forward movement is what i was looking for and what i like working with and for I mean, we could all use accountability, someone on the outside to say, to help you process what your thoughts are, what your desires are in a non-judgmental way, but just say, hey, do you realize you've mentioned the last three sessions that this is what you want, but you actually have not identified that that's what you want and like claimed it. So what would happen if you claimed to this? And just, I mean, having someone who is bipartial, like, doesn't have any, um, doesn't want you to go one way or another, but can encourage you to really identify what you want and how to get there based on your circumstances is so helpful. And so really, if you need accountability, if you are looking for a change, or if you just 
want some kind of, you know, new motivation, new action. If you just want something a little different, reach out to a coach. And again, like you said, there's so many different types. You can find coaches for anything specific, or if you want a, a wide range, um, someone who can just talk with you through anything. There's so many options, but I, I have a coach and I love her. <laughs> I think coaches are amazing. And I do think that everybody needs continual growth in, in their lives. Yes. And I feel like, especially for people that aren't necessarily part of, let's say a big organization where there is a lot of learning and development to help with forward movement. I think we find ourselves more stagnant or stagnant more often than not. Mm -hmm. And I, I love how you kind of explained coaching is like this forward movement where I think therapy or counseling and a lot of these other methods that I think people confuse the two are more of processing yes. what was rather than what is and what can be like this, meet right. you where you're at and help you move forward. And Absolutely. especially as women, I think women struggle with it the most. And maybe I think men do too, actually, but just like reaching out for I help. So. I think we want to have it. It's this identity or this pride of, I want to have it all figured out. I need to have it all figured out. But what's to say that you can't have it even more figured out when someone meets you where you're at and helps encourage you along? Yeah. I mean, if you think about like just the term coach, I think people are players on a field. It's not to say they couldn't go out there and play the game and that right. they couldn't win. But when they have a coach who's really helping to guide them and bring them back to the play and bring them back to the why and really boost their energy and spirits and help them to gain clarity around what's going on and not get wrapped up too much in the emotion of the game rather than playing the game. Yes. More effective can, can they be? So, well, this was a very insightful and encouraging conversation. And I know I personally walked away with a few checklist items for myself to really hey. navigate. I think that the broken spiritedness that I think we all have that, that we don't want to we don't want to admit, but that we all do. And these, this fear and this anxiety that I think holds so much of us back. Any last minute thoughts that you have around restoration or confidence or joy, or maybe some practical things that you personally do to help you keep moving forward? So, yes, the biggest thing is we, again, we're so hard on ourselves and we want these grand changes, but they really happen in those tiny steps. And so one of the first things that I tell my clients and my friends, everyone I talk to is start looking for the small wins in your day. If you want to make big changes, they, they'll happen, but you want them to happen organically. You want to start being a little more intentional. So start looking for your small wins by at the end of the day, because that's going to train your brain to start looking at positives. And by small wins, I mean, if you, I mean, when I remember when I have toddlers, I remember picking up all of the toys at nap time just to have them dumped out after nap time. But you know what, that, that moment, I was like, no, I got them picked up. And so they had something to dump out. Um, I got dinner on the table. That or is a win. I, it is a win, right? Small, like you get to define what small wins are. There are some days that I'm like, you know what? I did not lose my mind today, win. Like, or there's days that I got extra sleep, win, you know, start to be curious, start to give yourself that grace of, no, I accomplish a lot more than I think. Um, a lot of times, you know, we have these long to-do lists and I won't go into that because we all know what they are. And, but you're so hard, you got three or four of them done, but you're like, well, I didn't get the other 400 that I had. I planned today, you know, I was going to hit it hard today. Well, 
acknowledge those three or four or one that you did. And then, then the next day, look for the small win for that day. And if you continue, you'll start to see that you actually are accomplishing a lot more, which is going to give you the motivation to do more and to act in different ways. And so just start with the small wins and, and have a mini celebration, start to celebrate you. And I think with that, that is the first step to making those changes and seeing that, okay, maybe I am doing better than I thought. So good. Well, tell us how we can find you, Tammy. So um, I am at TammyMarieCoaching.com and that's Tammy, T-A-M-I. I also have a podcast. It's called Her Restored Spirit and you can find it on Apple and Spotify and all the places that, that podcasts live. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook uh, at Tammy Marie Coaching. I'm not as visible on there. I've, I've got a plan, but again, like being a single mom and trying to do all the things and it's, you, you have to make choices. So I, one area is the podcast, really. That's where I show up every week. And I love hearing from people and asking questions and a lot of things that I've touched on today, I've already talked about in the podcast. And so yeah, I would love to connect with anyone who wants to talk or if you're interested in learning more about how to restore your spirit. Because once you do, once you start on that journey, it is amazing. And to see how it affects everyone around you as well, and they start to see how their spirits can be restored, it's just such a beautiful like waterfall effect. Well, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for showing up, whether it's in big and small ways. And having the grace on yourself to show up in big and small ways, you know, whatever that might be. And you mentioned being a waterfall. I think you're a waterfall in so many people's oh. life, just speaking life into so many lives around you. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for being on the podcast today. And yes. I know so many people are going to be encouraged by this episode. And y'all go check Tammy out. She has an amazing podcast really encouraging, insightful, very conversational topics that make you feel human and like you're not alone. So go check her out. Thank you, Tammy. We'll talk to you, you soon. Talk soon. Wow. I just love talking to Tammy. So many good truths and takeaways today. If you missed any of them, here they are. Number one, we all go through cycles of being broken spirited. Remember that you're not broken. So stop trying to fix yourself. God didn't make mistakes. Number two, you can dwell in the victim mentality or you could choose to be the hero in your own story. Just remember that things don't happen to you. They happen to grow through. Number three, this isn't the end of your story. This isn't where you stop. Reclaim who you are and allow whatever hardship you're going through to change you in a way that helps not only yourself, but others. Number four, fear is the greatest wall that holds people back. Don't get stuck behind the wall. Don't get stuck in this comfortable fear because you know what to expect there. A tip, write down what's on your mind and what you fear and don't let judgment get in your way. Identify the truth and the lies in what you've written down and you choose what's next. Number five, you have feelings for a reason. Don't be judgmental towards your own feelings, but rather be curious. Think of them like a thermometer and dig into the why rather than denying yourself the emotion and the chance to even feel it. Learn from it. Give yourself the freedom to heal and acknowledge feelings. They're part of who you are. Number six, if you wouldn't say it to your best friend, stop saying it to yourself. Number seven, if you need some accountability or a guide or going through a big change in your life, a coach might be your best next step. Number eight, 
Changes don't have to be grand. They can happen in the small, tiny places. Look for them there, celebrate them there, and train your brain to start looking at the positives. I hope today's episode has been helpful for you. If it has, I'd love for you to share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being you. Until next time.